Ladies and gentlemen, you found the program that pulls no punches, that knocks out political correctness, and delivers a right cross to defend the Constitution. We call it Fighting Words. And now, entering the ring, retired infantry colonel, trial lawyer, and fighter for truth and justice, Kurt Schlichter. Hey, welcome to Fighting Words, the Kurt Schlichter podcast that's kind of affiliated with Hugh Hewitt, and I try and behave myself and stay FCC compliant, which is not my normal mode. You can also find me in, like, freestyle mode over at Unredacted. That's on the Town Hall VIP site. So you actually can have two podcasts with me, which is glorious. Um... But this one's a little more different. This one's a you know a, a little more serious and a little less full of freestyle profanity. Um, a lot of stuff going on. First of all, I'm just coming off of three days of substituting for Hugh. Hugh was out in Hawaii, so I got the nod to do three days: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, nine, ten, eleven, March, and they turned out to be huge days. Uh, during this time, we found the coronavirus going crazy. We found the market going crazy. We found uh, Joe Biden going crazy. It's been a interesting three days to do the show. And I'll talk to you a little about how the show goes from inside, because I guess if you're a fan of Hugh Hugh, you might be interested in how the show gets made. And I'll talk a little about that. But I want to talk some substantive stuff. Let's talk about coronavirus. Good news. At the east end of the bell curve, we had only, the other day, only 24 new cases in China. 24. That's where the big outbreak was. That's where it was all happening. Now it's fading away. Uh, It's getting better in South Korea. But we're still climbing the bell curve in Italy. Italy is a mess. Did you know Italy is kind of an interesting place? It has the second highest percentage of old people in the world. The highest percentage is Japan. Uh, And we're not hearing much about Japan, but I understand that they're taking uh, uh, real precautions there. In Italy, they're going crazy. Uh, According to a report I saw, and I don't know if it's true or not because I, I trust no one, they are shutting down every kind of store or, uh, uh, you know, facility except for places that sell food or drugs which seems a little extreme, but, you know, they're, they're getting up there in cases. And so are we. Here in the United States, we are going up in cases. And I'm recording this Wednesday afternoon, March 11th, about uh, an hour or so before the president speaks. So you, we will find out what the president says. What I would like him to say is, hey, it's a serious problem, but it's not an all-encompassing crisis that requires us to panic. We need to meet it with steadiness. We need to let the experts do their work. We need to behave ourselves. And of course, I'm sitting here with a beautiful Arena Moises, and we went out to a Target yesterday uh, because we need a toilet paper. And not like freak out, I need toilet paper. Toilet paper is like, oh, okay, we're running low. We need to get some. And we go in, and there's no toilet paper. 
Now, of course, I'm a practical guy. I'm like, well, paper towels and scissors. No, 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 that's not okay. We, we, we eventually did find some toilet paper at a different place. But uh, the weird thing is, according to experts, diarrhea is not one of the main symptoms of the coronavirus. People are panicking and being silly. And it's going to get worse because we, you know, human nature is to be afraid of things you don't understand. The one thing I would like to see the president do, I would like to see friend of the show, Robert O'Brien, push for is kind of a daily show with Anthony Fauci. He's the uh, epidemiologist who's been spearheading this. I'd like to see him just sit down for a half hour uh, in front of the cameras, talk about what's going on, and then maybe even read some questions that he gets from emails from normal people. For instance, I was, you know, I was talking to one of my law partners and he says, yeah, I, I hear you get a sore throat with it. And I said, well, I, I heard just the opposite. I heard it's very rare to have a sore throat. Where's the good information? I think, I think that would do a lot to calm people down if we just, you know, for the foreseeable proof, here's our daily briefing. We have detected 500 more cases. We have had three deaths. We have had 16 recoveries. Uh, let me answer some questions about it. Question number one, do you get a sore throat with it? Well, our experience is no, you typically don't get a sore throat or yes, whatever the answer is. You see what I'm saying? I think that would be a good way to go. Hugh was, uh, you know, Hugh Hewitt was ahead of the power curve on this thing and he's been pushing for transparency. And if I had, uh, uh, if, if I had to critique anything about the uh, Trump administration response to the coronavirus uh I think they've been transparent. I think they could be more transparent. I, I, don't, I don't think you keep anything secret. Uh, we will talk about CPAC in a minute. I don't think you keep anything secret. I think you tell everybody everything, and then they go, okay, it's a tough situation, but, you know, I know what's going on. People panic when they face the unknown. Yeah, sometimes they panic when they face the known. But in this case, I'm not sure you would panic if you knew what was going on. If you don't know what's going on, you got to worry. And it's it's something to worry about. Now, look, the death rate is not 20% like the Spanish flu. The death rate is somewhere around 3%. And the vast majority are older people or people with pre-existing conditions. And all of us know people like that. I have people like that. And I, I've said, hey, you you guys, you know, mom, dad, you, you need to stay in the house. Maybe you don't go to church this week. Maybe you let us go pick up groceries for you. Not because I think it's likely that you're going to get the virus. But if you do happen to get the virus, it can be devastating. So sometimes, you, you know, risk is the chance of it happening. Sometimes maybe the chance is low, but the damage it causes is high. So, you know... We need information so we can make these reasonable decisions. At this point, you know, all the colleges are canceling uh, classes, which I think is actually going to have the effect of a lot of people going, why, why am I even going to college? I can do this online, which is something that, you know, we need to do. Uh, we need to rethink academia, and who knows? Maybe this will have that uh, effect. Uh, another effect of this, and I talked about it with Ned Ryan today from American Greatness, on the Hugh Hewitt show is that we have seen some huge vulnerabilities in our supply chain and capabilities. I didn't know going into this that China made most of our antibiotics. I, I, I would suspect that most of you didn't know that. But that seems like a pretty significant thing. 
And, you know, we have an establishment out there that never tires of telling us how smart and capable uh, and how much better they are than us. And this would seem to be something that they, they kind of should have figured out and said, hmm, not sure if I want to outsource all my ability to fight disease to a, you know, a global strategic opponent. Just seems like bad idea to me. It seems like something that we shouldn't do. Uh, coronavirus has brought this to the fore. And there's a lot of other capabilities uh, that only reside over in China. You know, steel making. Well, we do some steel here. And we do some manufacturing. But it turns out most of the masks are made over there. And, you know, I'm not an expert on manufacturing masks. I'm not a personal protective gear engineer. But I, I would suspect it will take a little bit of time to gear up factories here in the United States to start punching out masks. And in the meantime... Well, I don't have to like it. I can hardly blame China if it goes, yeah, we're not exporting any because we need them all here because China first. I, I kind of expect the Chinese government to be China first. I expect the United States government to be United States first. So this has really illustrated to us some vulnerabilities that we have. We need to learn from this. This is not the big one. Coronavirus is not the big one. Spanish flu, not, that might be the big one. In fact, Spanish flu, which killed one in five people that got and actually killed a lot of younger people, um, young adults, that, that might not even be the big one. The big one could be even worse. And chances are it's going to happen. What are we learning from this? Well, we're doing some things right. And I've got to give, oh gosh, did you see this coming? i got to give credit to Gavin Newsom, the governor of my state, California. He, uh, he was asked at a press conference a couple days ago, and I, I, I'm still having troubles, you know, getting my head around saying something good about Newsom. But, you know, when, when someone does the right thing, you got to pat him on the head. He, he, he's asked, well, you know, are you unsatisfied with Trump's, you know, failed leadership? And he was like, no, I, uh, I've talked to him. I'm, I'm not interested in, in, in uh, you know, trying to be put at odds with the federal government. Everything I've asked for, I've gotten. I couldn't ask for anything more. And he was, he was very complimentary to the president, I th- and he deserves credit for that. And, and, and the president, of course, deserves credit for earning that kind of accolade. Um, there's still some political sniping going on, and I think it's, uh, well, first of all, I think it's inevitable, especially when we're in an election year. We'll talk about the election year in a minute. But it's... You know, I think our establishment would get a lot more respect if you saw Donald Trump standing next to Chuck Schumer, standing next to Nancy Pelosi going, okay, we're not doing politics. Now, of course, everyone's always doing politics, but but getting up there and giving the message, hey, we are trying to work together to solve this, get the best minds, get our best capabilities. We're Americans. We can we can tackle any problem. And I think that would do a lot to restore confidence. And there is a lot of there's a lot of people who are nervous out there and there's a lot of other things going on like this oil war uh, between Russia and uh, Saudi Arabia where they're actually, you know, vying to uh, uh, outproduce each other, which, you know, increase, increase uh, supply means, you know, the, uh, the, the price goes down. Um, and this is driving the market crazy. Market is down about 20%. It's actually in bear market territory. And, I don't think, I, well, first of all, I think people have been feel, you know, feeling, hey, we have to have a, you know, we have to have some uh, uh, pullback soon. We've been going, we've been, you know, slowly having a bull market 
for you know 10 years and slowly rising and we were setting records in the stock market and i think people were getting a little nervous i think the oil war uh indicated that you know people were nervous i think coronavirus of course made people nervous i think it's going to cut down gdp internationally uh, on, a, on a significant amount uh but I think the fundamentals are strong. I think people want to be prosperous. I have not lost a cent in the market. Do you know how I haven't lost a cent? I haven't, I haven't sold any of my stock. I actually went back into the market on Friday. I wish I, I wish I went today, which is Wednesday the 11th, but I went in Friday and I got what looked like some good deals. And I think they are good deals. I think over time, when this goes away, and I think it is going to go away as things get hotter, because apparently a virus doesn't do well in heat. Another thing I'd like to know from Dr. Fauci, just to be sure. But I think is is the precaution is the you know weather changes it becomes warmer as the precautions that people are taking take effect you know the social distancing the no large groups this is all going to have an effect i think in a few weeks we we're going to see the number of cases rise and then we're going to see them fall again i think that's inevitable and i think that's a uh i i think that's that's what's going to happen i don't see this as being a problem that lasts forever i don't see this as a problem that lasts through the summer i i think in a couple months uh coronavirus is going to go from uh panic to manageable i just think we're gonna have a, a, a you know a couple of uh iffy weeks until then and you know everybody's talking about it. everybody's thinking about it it's on people's minds but you know other than the people hoarding you know charmin i don't see people going nuts and that's good because it's not time to go nuts. Uh, I think the economy is essentially strong. I think once this fades, the economy is going to uh, kick back up again. I know the Democrats would love to pin this on Donald Trump. I know they'd love to pin the uh, uh, the, the economic shocks on Trump. I, I just don't think it's going to work. I think this has happened early enough that it's all going to be resolved by November. It's going to be a memory. And I don't think it's going to be anything lasting. I could be wrong. But I'm not. Speaking of wrong, what is the deal with Joe Biden? Holy cow. I spent uh, much of the show today talking about Joe Biden. And uh, that dude is around the bend. Now, if you listened uh, to me guest hosting uh, Hugh Hewitt, I, 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 I had Donald Trump Jr. on. I got, I made some news uh, because I got, out of him that he thinks there's a 50% chance that the Democrats will substitute in someone for Joe Biden at the convention. Now, I would think that this is crazy talk, right? I would think this is nuts. Then I realized this is the era of Trump. Think back six, seven years ago. Would you expect us to be where we are now? I would not expect us to be where we are now. All these insane things have happened. There are no white swans anymore. All the swans are black swans. It's all crazy all the time. What could be crazier than Joe Biden stumbling and gaffing his way to Minneapolis and then right on the eve of it, the DNC, the Democrat National Committee, the establishment go, okay, we're, we're pulling this guy's plug because he is just, he, he is gone and he's not going to win. And in parachute someone, who? 
Felonia Millhouse Von Pantsuit, that's right. Hillary Clinton, maybe, I don't know. Eric Holder, Michelle Obama, who knows? It could happen. Now, do I think it will happen? I think it probably won't happen. But then again, you know, everything I thought wouldn't happen seems to happen. Everything goes crazy. And I, I got to tell you, I just, I've got this gut feeling, and I'm not wishing ill on anyone, I, I, you know, including Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg. She's an opponent. I don't agree with her, but boy, I respect her because she's like the Energizer Bunny. That lady is tough. And I do respect her, and I, I, I don't wish any ill on her. But I, I think somebody is going to you know, retire from the court in the next few months. I think we're going to have another Supreme Court fight before November. Why do I think that? Why does my gut say that? Because it's the craziest possible scenario, which means that's what's got to happen. Am I wrong? Time will tell. But, I, I you know, I, I don't know if I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. I think I'm right. I think I, I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be kooky and crazy, and I think uh, I think whatever can go nuts will go nuts because that's the era we're in. Remember when things were normal? Remember like the '90s? Stuff was like normal. It's not normal anymore. But there are some uh, 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 echoes of the '90s. Uh, look at uh, Bob Dole, and look at Joe Biden. Weird parallels. Now, Bob Dole was a great American hero, uh, but he was a long-term senator. Joe Biden is, you know, a credit card sh- company shill who is a long-term senator. He's going against a polarizing president because, remember, in 1996, Bill Clinton was a very, very polarizing guy. Uh, people who did not like Bill Clinton did not like him, just as people who don't like Donald Trump do not like Donald Trump. And... He got put up, Bob Dole, uh, got put up as the candidate of the establishment, and he got creamed. Now, I have no doubt that Joe Biden is going to start doing, I'm Bob Dole, Bob Dole says this, Bob Dole does that. You remember the whole third person thing? He talked about himself and the third person is weird. I'm expecting Joe Biden to do that. I'm also expecting Joe Biden to announce that he has an invisible friend who's a giant carrot who follows him around. Because he has completely lost it. Uh, we talked a lot about the uh, encounter at that uh, factory with the factory guy, with the, you know the the hard hat guy, uh, and Joe just freaking. He's just swearing at him, and just it was it was ugly and it was weird. Remember how the Democrats used to be a party of the working man? He now we got this, this senator wagging his fingers at this uppity peasant for daring to question him. It was a it was an ugly image. It was a bad image and someone on his game would not have gotten into that tussle. There were other ways to handle that guy. You, think how Bill Clinton is prime when to handle this guy coming. You want to take my guns? Bill Clinton put his arm around. I don't want to take your guns. I I'm, I'm your friend. You're my pal. And, and and 15 minutes later, you know, they're off having sharing a Big Mac and and just being the best of friends. That's what a good politician does. Joe Biden's not a good politician anymore. I, 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 I guess he was. He got elected, what, six times in, in Delaware. Of course, that has a population of seven. But he, you know, this, he, he, he was angry. He was swearing. Now, the never Trump sissies were insisting, oh, this is great. He really showed, he showed his strength. No. No, it showed like an establishment guy telling some mere working class American to shut up. How dare you uh, raise your voice to me? How dare you ask me a question? 
The guy said, look, you're applying for a job. No, 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 I'm not. So, you know, Joe Biden, but, but that's what Joe Biden is. Here's the chain of command. I think I explained it on the show. God, American citizen, uh, aspiring political office holder. That's the chain of command. Joe's at the bottom of it. He thinks he's at the top. He thinks he deserves respect. But his primary job is not to get respect, but to give it for guys who work with their hands, like this this uh, working class guy with the hard hat. This guy should have had more respect, and Joe should have listened to him. Uh, didn't have to agree with him. I'm not saying you got to agree with him. Uh, but that, it was unseemly, and it was disturbing. And then Joe Biden walks out, and he's going to his car. And we had another cut, which we played. I think it was cut 13. He goes out to the car, and it was... And they're talking to him, and suddenly he goes, "I don't know why. I don't know why Bernie Sanders is working with Donald Trump." And they're like asking him about the encounter with the guy in the factory, and he's like, "I don't know why Sanders is working with Donald Trump." It's like, "What? Huh? Are you? You know?" It's like you're reading from a different script, dude. It wasn't good. He's just losing it. And there's reports out there. They're trying to. They're cutting down the length of his stump speech from like 15 minutes to like seven. They are keeping him away from microphones. It's like, microphone, run! Uh, anybody out there think he's going to debate Donald Trump? No. There, there'll be a reason. Uh, assuming he doesn't get replaced at the nomination uh, convention. He'll, he, he, there will be a Trump's a racist. I'm not going to give him a platform. I, I absolutely will not face Trump. Uh, I think he's going to be a tough candidate. I think... Uh, I think they're hoping that they can leverage coronavirus. I think they're hoping they can leverage the economic uncertainty. I don't think they can. Because if you want steady, strong leadership, do you look at Joe Biden and go, yeah, that's my guy. That's the guy we want in charge. That's the guy. That's the guy who's lost his slipper. We want him in charge. I don't see it. I don't see the American people clamoring for Joe Biden. Uh, the people who are not clamoring most definitely are the Bernie bros. Uh, we had Super Tuesday on, on Tuesday. And boy, he just, Bernie just got wiped out. Bernie has, you know, an insurmountable deficit in delegates. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it looks like the fix is in. It looks like the establishment turned on him. And a lot of these Bernie bros were all naive and, you know, bright-eyed and thinking, you know, if I work real hard, they will, uh, you know, we'll get a chance to have our voice heard. And of course, that was a giant lie. That that would never happen. I'm not saying the election was stolen from Bernie Sanders, but it was totally stolen like it was last time. And these guys are going to be told, you've got to vote for uh, Joe Biden, no matter what. I don't know if they'll vote for Joe Biden, Maybe some will get mad and vote for Trump. I think what will happen is a lot of the kids, a lot of you hip kids out there, you hep kids, will, in fact, just not show up. I don't think Biden energizes them. I think they'll say, the hell with this. I'm not going to vote for Trump because orange man is bad, as my uh, uh, man bun sociology professor told me. Uh, but I'm just not going to vote. I'm not going to go out. And I think it's going to hurt him. I think it's going to hurt him down ticket. Uh, you know where the where college kids make a huge difference is in those Orange County districts. Remember how Orange County used to be very conservative, very Republican, and in 2018 it all went blue, right? And then Nancy Pelosi was crowing about that. Um, well, a lot of the reason was 
UC Irvine and some of the other colleges. They went and they organized on the college and they got the college kids to go vote. Uh, they, you know, they won fair and square. That's, that's how you do it. You go get your voters. I think it's going to be very hard to get these guys uh, to leave their dorms, assuming they're even back in their dorms and not you know, telecommuting to class. I think it's going to be very hard to get them down uh, to vote for Joe Biden after their beloved Bernie Sanders has been so totally humiliated. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But, you know, some will do it, but maybe maybe enough won't. I, and by the way, uh, I did take a look at some of these uh, elections in that Orange County area. Now, talking about uh, taking back the House, um, we, had Mike, uh, we had Mike Garcia on, who's in a, a 25, California 25, which is where Thruple Girl is. Remember Katie Hill, the one who was like naked on the hotel chair and like, now no one will sit on a hotel chair without putting down a towel just because, uh, just in case. And uh, his numbers, the numbers for the various Republicans in the race outnumbered the Democrats. And that's that's true in some of the Orange County districts. Um, we have a good chance of taking, and these are key seats that have to be taken back. If we're going to take back the House, we're on our way to do it. The lucky thing is, with everything going on, you know, the, the, the terrible Democrat nominee, the economic uncertainty, the coronavirus, do you know anyone personally who says, yeah, I used to be for Trump, but now I'm for Biden, because I think Biden can handle coronavirus better. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think Joe Biden could handle, you know, a plant in a pot better. I don't think he could handle feeding, much less a dog like uh, Bitey over there is barking. Bitey, cut it out. Jeez, I can't believe it. It's, that would be uh, fighting barks from Bitey. All right, so let's uh, let's shift gears a little because I, I kind of want to give you an inside scoop on what happens at the Hugh Hewitt show. And, uh, you know, I've done it for about, I've done it for a little over a year as kind of one of the guest hosts. I rotate in with Bob France, does it a lot, and some other folks. But uh, it's really kind of a neat experience. Now, I actually live kind of near the studio, uh, and kind of near means about 45 minutes at 1 in the morning. See, the show starts at 3 a.m. California time, goes 6 a.m. I got to get there about 2 o'clock because I got to prep. It means I have to get up like one and jump in my car and drive all the way there. Luckily, the freeways are empty, though not always. I've actually gotten caught in traffic at 1 a.m. heading to um, uh, the, the Hugh Hewitt studio. It's it's pretty remarkable. But I, I head down there, and I'll typically, uh, you know, have uh, uh, think about what I'm going to say. I'm going down because it's it's a format that you can kind of rely on. The format is this. There's four blocks per hour, and they're different. First block's about 11 minutes. Second block is about six minutes. And then there's a 13-minute one, and then you close out with a seven. And in between, there are ads. And sometimes you have to do what are called reads, like, you know, you see a food for the poor or uh, uh, some other thing. And, and, and you read those once an hour, once a day, whatever. And I go in and I, I immediately go up to the sergeant major 
It's not the general leasing model. Dwayne is the sergeant major. He's the guy who runs everything. Uh, I go in. He's usually there. Adam's usually there. Ben usually uh, comes in a little bit later and fist bumps me. And uh, Dwayne has already been working. He's already got about 20 cuts. And the cuts are those little snippets of usually video audio from the video that uh, uh, Hugh plays and we'll go over that and he'll go Kurt I've got a great one and you know this is AOC saying uh, patroning instead of you know patronizing you know or something that was that was one of the big ones today or Maxine Waters being asked do you, do you think Joe Biden can compete with uh, Donald Trump she's like I, I don't know I played that what four times maybe so we'll go over those, and he'll he'll point out the really good ones, the really juicy ones. And he just gets positively giddy when uh, Joe Biden says something stupid, so he's perpetually in a great mood. And we'll touch base on that. Uh, I'll talk, I'll say, hey, here are the big stories, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he'll go, yeah, you should open with that. We should cover this. We should cover that. It's usually pretty easy to know what we're going to cover. Now, remember, this is... Three hours of four things. So I've got, I've got 12 little blocks of time. Um, the first block of time, first of all, there is no bumper music. There's, there's a Hugh Hewitt kind of introduction. Hey, Kurt Schlichter's covering for me while I'm here in Hawaii, you know, sipping my ties and, you know, watching, uh, watching surfers. And um, it's... The, the very first one is usually the rundown. It actually gets called the rundown, posted on YouTube. That's the one where we want to focus on what's happening. So I will try and give an overview of the key news. Uh, I always try and hit the Dow Futures. I think uh, people want to hear that. Uh, you know, obviously Super Tuesday is a big story. Coronavirus, uh, is there a first or second? And then whatever else is going on. Maybe I'll talk more about Joe Biden in detail with his you know, craziness at the with the construction worker guy. And and that goes on for about 11 minutes. Um, then there's a break. I spend about half my time, not about half, but a good amount of time on breaks, you know, uh, and, and they're hard outs. You hear the music playing, right? And then you've got about 30 seconds. So I will get in my ear. You have one minute. And I'll be talking to a guest. I usually start having the guests in about uh, 30 after the hour and uh, uh, at the end of the hour uh, because those are bigger blocks and I can, I can do more with them. But you have a guest and the guest, you have, okay, you got 60 seconds. A guest is still talking. And usually what, if you listen to me, I'll say, hey, one final question. What do you think Donald Trump's chances are? You have 30 seconds. That's kind of my hint to... Dude, I don't want to have to say, and thank you very much. This is Kurt Schlichter, guest hosting for the great Hugh Hewitt. Stick around. We'll be right back. I don't want to have to talk over them. But, you know, sometimes they, you know, don't really realize that we have to go. So I kind of have to, like, verbally uh, uh, crush them um, and uh, uh, wrestle them off the air. We usually, I, I will, I, I do a lot of the booking. Now, we have somebody who books for us, uh, for Hugh Hewitt. And she has a great job getting a lot of politicians that I don't know. I, I, I do know a few people. And I like to bring in interesting new people that uh, maybe aren't all, on all the time. Liz Sheld from uh, American Greatness. Uh, Jim Hansen is another favorite because he's a, a former Green Beret. And he's at Center for Strategic Studies. 
I like to bring in folks that maybe you guys haven't heard a lot. And these are people I know. Or Jim uh, Jim Garrity, who's a friend of the show, but he's also a friend of mine. So I like to get him on because I, I just love his political take. Uh, and then I also do Hughes guests. Like David Drucker, uh, Mike Allen of Axios. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I think... I frankly think some of uh, some of Hughes' guests might be a little reluctant to be on with me. I think there there are some of them who are just like, no, we're just no, I'm not going to be on with this Kurt guy. Uh, there are others. Mike Allen is always fun, and I'm I'm a little different than Hugh. Uh, Hugh doesn't. Hugh will challenge them politely. I will challenge them politely in my own way. I don't attack. Look, I'm a guest at the Hugh Hewitt Radio Program. I, this is not the Kurt Schlichter show. This is the Hugh Hewitt show. And one of the hallmarks of Hugh Hewitt is civility and discussion. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm not always civil and you know that I'm not always about discussing. Uh, it's not my house. And these are not my guests. They're Hugh's guests. And I've got to treat them with respect. And, and I do. I haven't gotten a fight with anybody. I've, I've said, no, I, I think you're wrong. And I, I think X, Y, and Z, and we, we've gone back and forth. But I think it makes good radio. I, I, I always try to be respectful. It's you know a little different for me. I can't swear, obviously. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's really kind of uh, interesting. And when it works, you get people who do not agree uh, discussing an issue. So you're getting multiple perspectives. It's one thing to be on a show where you're high-fiving each other. And, 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 and you do that. Like I, when I managed to get Don uh, Jr. on. And, uh, you know, we agree on most things. So a, a lot of it's agreement, but I tried to take him to some places that I thought would be interesting for you. And he was willing to go. And he, uh, he, he actually said, look, I think I, I got him to say, are you saying that you believe there's a 50% chance that they will swap out somebody for uh, Joe Biden? He goes, yeah, I think that's what I said. Yeah, that's what I think. And that's okay. That's, that's news. And that's one of the things we want to do. We want to bring you perspectives that you're not going to hear anywhere else. That's what we try to do. Um, maybe I'll talk more about it at some other time. It's really an interesting experience, especially when I'm usually like operating on like two hours of sleep. Because, you know, I'll, like, go to bed at 7, and I don't go to get to sleep till like, 11.30. So I'm operating, like, an hour and a half, and I literally go through, like, six cups of coffee. Uh, but uh, the one thing I do want to touch on is bumper music. And Adam sets the bumper music, and, uh, you know, I, I don't listen to Dwayne about I listen to Dwayne about everything except music. He, he, he likes kind of that country or that old-time county fair rock and I'm much more, you know, 80s alternative like Andrew Breitbart. And uh, Adam just lo- Adam loves brainstorming with me about what the right music for guests are or topics. Um, you know, we had one on Joe Biden. It's like, old man lives down the road. You know, thank you, Adam. It's perfect. Uh, had Liz Sheldon. She has her own actual theme with me, which is Cherry Bomb by The Runaways. Uh, Ned Ryan, I did X's Wild Thing. Uh, I did Motorhead's Heroes, which is a great version for Don Jr. I just I, I love it, and, and people actually give me a lot of feedback on it. I, I, some people are like, "That's great music." Actually, I had another lawyer that I was working with on a case. He's like, "Hey, I listened to you on the radio this morning. Loved everything you did, except your music. It's terrible." So you can't please all the people all the time, but I get to at least please myself all the time with the uh, bumper music on the Hugh Hewitt radio program. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for listening to this. 
uh, Fighting Words with Kurt Schlichter, the Hugh Hewitt Affiliated Podcast. Thanks so much. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Kurt Schlichter, K-U-R-T-S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R. Uh, sometimes I work a little blue. Read my town hall columns on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. If you're in the VIP group for Town Hall, and you can you can uh, use promo code KURT, K-U-R-T, uh, you can get my unredacted podcast, which is unredacted, and again, a little more blue than this. Uh, and you should also check out my books, uh, starting with my novel, Collapse. The first one in the series is uh, People's Republic, and these were hailed by Bill Crystal as appalling, so you know they're good. So anyway, I will talk to you next time on Fighting Words with Kurt Schlichter. Thanks a lot.